Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Hello, my friends. Welcome to Simon's Pro Wrestling Podcast. I knew that was going to happen with the camera because I forgot to set it up and I haven't muted it either. Everything's going wrong because I'm not very good at streaming because streaming sucks. (laughs) It doesn't really. I don't mean it. Essentially, I was running around and I was like, don't forget to sort the camera out. And then I forgot to sort the camera out. But it's all good. Welcome to Simon's Pro Wrestling Show live here on Twitch, not live on YouTube today because... Many reasons that we do not need to talk about. It's boring, but the main thing is you just have to come here in the future if you love doing it on Twitch. That's not true. You're still going to get content on that YouTube channel as well. But let's not stand on ceremony here, Mr. Wayne. Before we do get going, I want to give a shout out to everybody that supported me on Patreon this week. Patreon.com for Simon316. I massively appreciate it. Always get nice messages when that happens as well. And it makes me very pleased that we have uh, culminated a nice little community around ourselves where... I mean, every now and then people are assholes, <laughs> but mostly everybody is is good. And can you believe it? We are but, what, five days away from WrestleMania Backlash. One of the, I actually think the name WrestleMania Backlash is worse than Great Balls of Fire. At least Great Balls of Fire was fun and funny, whereas WrestleMania Backlash, by its very nature, has now pigeonholed this whole event to the point we just have to do a bunch of rematches and we have to go through episodes of Raw that feel exactly the same as the one we did last week. Now, I did actually think this week's was better. Not saying much, but I did. The issue being is that I'm just really bored of the same feuds because the cool thing usually with WrestleMania is it's like it hits a reset button, right? You hit the reset button. We do a bunch of new things. The Raw after WrestleMania, a bunch of guys and girls turn up that we haven't seen before or down in NXT or whatever. And it's really, really fun. And we go off on all these different directions. But you can pretty much go through every single program we've got going on right now on Raw. At least SmackDown has Cesaro and Roman Reigns. And we have already seen it. Even with something like Oscar versus Rhea Ripley, we've just put Charlotte in there. Braun Strowman, uh, Braun Strowman. Bobby Lashley versus Drew McIntyre, we've put Braun Strowman in there. And you also have to ask the question, does this mean if Shane McMahon had won at WrestleMania, he would now be in the main event at WrestleMania Backlash? Was that a number one contender match? I have no idea, especially because we did have a triple threat match after WrestleMania, which Braun Strowman didn't win. Fair point, he didn't lose, but he still got in there. And I'm pretty sure he's in the, I think I said this last week, I'm pretty sure he's in the Backlash match so that he can lose. So Drew, no, yes, he gets pinned by Bobby Lashley. So Drew McIntyre doesn't take the pin, but to get in there... Braun Strowman beat Drew McIntyre and pinned him on Raw. (laughs) It hurts my brain. Sorry, I got a bit distracted there because somebody, TPLN in the live chat said, seriously, are you okay, Simon? Why stream now? What a stupid question. (laughs) I could stream whenever I want. There's no rules when it comes to streaming. You just do it. So, yes, it's, I don't think Raw is terrible or anything like that. I just think it's boring. (laughs) <laughs> and sometimes that's even worse. Sometimes when you do have a bit of a nightmare uh, show, which is all over the place, again, you can extrapolate some fun from that because it's like a train wreck. It's like when you watch a bad movie, ipso facto. 
But at the moment, it's, and I'm not saying they're not being creative, right? Because the big talking point always I get every single week, we do ups and downs, make sure you check out what culture wrestling, subscribe to them right now, is the stuff with Alexa Bliss. And we have taken a massive step forward with that in terms of injecting her into a story. Because the very first match we had on Raw was, who was it? It was Shayna Baszler, Nia Jax and Charlotte Flair taking on Oscar, Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose. And almost instantly, Alexa Bliss is out there on her playground set, swinging around with Lily, that strange thing. And she says she's got her eye on someone. And then she used her magic to take out Shayna Baszler's leg. Now, I would question the idea of going after someone like Shayna in this way. Because out of those six women you have in the match, Shayna Baszler, in fact, forget the women, 99% of people on the entire roster, Shayna Baszler is one of the most legit. And actually, if you look on her Twitter feed and stuff, I think she gets sports entertainment, so I don't think she'd care. It just wouldn't have been my personal choice. But she has to pretend that magic has eaten away at her leg, therefore she can't make the tag. Oscar hits her with a running knee, and that's it. One, two, three. It doesn't necessarily mean that she's going to feud with Shayna Baszler. This could be a red herring. A red herring. It could be a twist. I have this funny feeling that she's going to interrupt on Sunday and go after Charlotte Flair. So I think Rhea Ripley will win the match after Alexa Bliss takes out Charlotte. And then we're going to do something with Charlotte versus Alexa Bliss. And a lot of people like this. And I know that because they come and tell me. Cheap plug, Twitter at Simon316. And on Instagram, same, same username. That's, that's that weird DM folder on Instagram. I don't know whether you've ever, got, ever gone into that. Man, there's some weird people in the world, man. There is some really weird people. But yeah, a lot of people do like it. And it is creative and it is different, but it just does nothing for me, right? It doesn't get me excited. I think it's way too silly. And I like silly, so I don't know what that says. And I don't know how we don't fall into a Fiend scenario where the Fiend is is, is beating everybody up and we kind of lose track and we kind of lose focus because it's like, well, how do we get him? Because if we go back to the Seth Rollins feud with The Fiend, one of the major criticisms was that Seth Rollins sold fear too much. And I actually thought, well, if you're going to have a character like that, somebody's got to be scared of him. Otherwise, what is the point, right? I mean, some people don't and some people do. But at some stage, you have to have someone sell fear. Otherwise, he's just a guy pretending to be scary. But actually, when we're watching it, nobody gives a damn. But that ruined Seth Rollins, right? That Hell in a Cell match, October 2019, is something we all go back to and go, well, that didn't help anything, and we probably shouldn't have done it. And if we are now going to put Alexa Bliss in the same position, and she does very well with the character, I just, I don't understand how this is going to benefit everybody moving forward. And on the question of Bray Wyatt, where the hell did he go? (laughs) Where did Bray Wyatt go? We had a Firefly Funhouse after WrestleMania, where he was very happy with the world, even though he'd just been screwed over. And then, poof, he was gone, and we haven't seen him since. It's very strange. There's nothing wrong with taking people off TV, but you need story beats, right? It's like Jinder Mahal and Jeff Hardy returned to uh, to television this week. No one said we know that Jeff Hardy. Uh, we know that Jinder Mahal got injured, but you should mention that maybe they did in passing. I just people just seem to come and go from Raw. Like I always say, it exists within a bubble on a Monday night, and when you get to the following Monday. We just do it all again. Same with Jeff Hardy. I know in real life he took time off because his dad passed away, which is, of course, atrocious. But I'm just focusing on it from a WWE storyline perspective. He comes back and he loses and he gets squashed. If you're a Jeff Hardy fan that doesn't read about what the real life Jeff Hardy does, you're going to be a little bit confused. Maybe you'll be a little bit turned off your TV. Now, this is nothing against Jinder Mahal. I like Jinder Mahal. I think Jinder Mahal was put in a bad position where he was told, hey, you're going to go 
from being the opening act to champion in two weeks, which was always going to spark a fire. It just, there's no two ways about it. It was always going to annoy people because everything annoys people. So when you do that and kind of break the fundamentals of what wrestling is, especially because it was a missed opportunity, if you want to put the world championship on Jinder Mahal, man, you go nuts. You take anybody on that roster and you go nuts, but tell me a story, right? Let me emotionally engage. Can you imagine if that had been like a six-month thing or a four-month thing or whatever, however long your, you know, your patience is going to last? And the payoff was Jinder Mahal that was in 3MB, who got fired, very similar to Drew McIntyre, of course, and then establishing himself in that kind of a position. And once he did have the title, there were good things to that act. You know, his entrance with the Singh brothers, that felt like a world champion entrance. So I was always down with that. There were a few matches that were decent. I liked everything he did with Randy Orton. Not that stuff when they were in the, is it called? The Punjabi prison. Let's never bust that out again. It's so frustrating, the Punjabi prison. We've got a hell in a cell, but we need something else. All right. Just do a 180 on everything. Make it wood or bamboo or whatever the hell it's made out of. And I actually want to see the Jinder Mahal versus Drew McIntyre feud. Not for the title. I think that's why it works so well. You can take Drew away from the world championship picture. Let Bobby Lashley have a proper feud. with Not a proper feud, but a feud outside of what we've already seen to really make it feel like, oh, he is going to be champion for a while. Give us that confidence. And then sure, maybe Jinder wins and he takes on Bobby Lashley. I really don't mind that. I don't. I think Drew McIntyre has got to a point now where he's basically the best thing on Raw regardless. Like he's such a good wrestler too. You can allow some things to go that way and it's going to be okay. But I don't think we're going to get a title change on, on Sunday. I think Bobby Lashley will win. And then I think at Backlash, not Backlash, Money in the Bank. Although it probably is going to be called money in the bank backlash or backlash money in the bank no it'd be money. i don't know which way it would be but we may as well keep that we may as well keep this the naming thing going but yeah i think that bobby lash will walk away with the title but he i mean no i think after backlash he will go back into a few with drew but after money in the bank we need somebody ready to go and lined up unless of course they're going to put it back on drew and i suppose then you could do the gender feud i would rather we didn't do it for the championship and uh, we'll see what happens but yes my major problem with raw is just the repetitiveness you know, we get that tag team match, which was it was fun. I enjoyed it. You know, RK Bro and whoever the hell they teamed up with, I can't even remember, taking on... No, it's RK Bro and the New Day taking on AJ Styles, Omos and Elias and Jackson Riker. But it's just all these... It's like, okay, what are our tag division feuds? This, push them together. And I would just rather that we, that we didn't do that. I want to see people fighting from underneath, trying to get into a position where they can fight for the titles because that just gives it more worth and the less tomato stuff we can see, the better. But RK-Bro is also one of the best things on Raw. It's tremendous. And the interesting thing is, Riddle wasn't even a character that many people were sort of massively behind, right? It's not like everybody's saying, oh, this Riddle character's the best thing ever. We enjoyed him, but I know there's a certain you know group of people that don't like that either. But because he does have a defined role and because Randy Orton understands his character perfectly, they know exactly how to play off with each other they know exactly that, you know, he's the straight guy. He's the dumb guy. It's it just excellent. It really, really is. And the fact that Randy Orton isn't necessarily a baby face and Riddle is just kind of a dude that loves everybody. <laughs> so I hope we do this for a long, a long, long while. They should win the titles at some point, not for a few months. And then maybe when we get to SummerSlam, what's SummerSlam? Sort of four or five months away? At SummerSlam, you could probably break them up and do Riddle versus Randy Orton. And I think in the, w, in the modern day WWE world, I would be... I would be okay with that. But I just don't want it to be, I don't want it to happen this week or next week. Like, there is something there. Let's enjoy it until it actually starts to wear out its welcome. And you know what? If we get to August and we think we've still got some, some power in this, then keep it going. Like you should be able to make those calls. You should be able to make those audibles. In fact, it's, you know, in the past we haven't done that and it's been a massive shame. Talking about SummerSlam too, um, on the Wrestling Observer, they said that 
WWE may be heading to Madison Square Garden for SummerSlam, which would be pretty good. And that was, would probably kick off their touring again, I would imagine. Because what, you get 19,000 into Madison Square Garden, I believe. So that's going to be an indoor arena, which of course they haven't done. Seems to make sense to me as long as it's all health and safety. And on the subject of touring, AEW are going out there again. I think they're going to Texas and somewhere else. Or maybe it's just Texas, I can't remember. That starts as of June. So we are going to get a bit of normality and a bit of traditionalism in our pro wrestling. And I think we'll all enjoy that. Again, I want to make it very clear that somebody's health is is paramount and should always be put first. But I will be enjoying it. Different place, different fans. Just, you know, the, the atmosphere. That's the best thing about professional wrestling, right? And it makes great moments brilliant. And it makes brilliant moments all time. So that's on the cards. And I, I had a great segue there. I've just forgotten because <laughs> I'm an idiot. I mean, otherwise, Cedric, I saw a lot of criticism for Cedric Alexander versus Shelton Benjamin. I did think it was weird that Shelton Benjamin won. But it all depends on what we're doing now, because it kind of felt like to me that we were actually going to do something with this and maybe even have another match on Sunday. Please don't be on the pre-show. And if that is the case, and Cedric's arrogance has cost him, but eventually he actually ends up winning a two, three, four match feud and then went on to do something else. I would be completely cool with it. I just don't have any faith that they would do that because they shouldn't have even been kicked out of the Hurt Business. But I thought the match was really good. I thought the match was good. I thought Cedric was good. I think Shelton Benjamin is still vastly underrated after all these years. Pops up, hit the team bone suplex, gets the three count. I just, I don't know whether, I just don't know whether they're actually going to do anything with this or whether they will just again put it on main event like at the moment Mustafa Ali and Ricochet are having this sort of badass feud on main event which is great and they're awesome and they're great wrestlers but it's just not it's just not, it doesn't do anything on a on a greater level when it should be these should be the guys that are slowly making their way up the card and it's not their fault they're not given the opportunity and you can say whatever you want about main event but it is kind of a place you don't go to die <laughs> that's way too extreme but it is a little bit of a dead end like, I don't even know when it airs over here in the UK. And I'm sure it does on Sky Sports, something or other. But I have no idea when it is. But I always do try and catch those matches by one means or the other because, yeah, they're just really, really good. Humberto Carrillo is okay. If anybody is worried about Humberto Carrillo, and you certainly should be. If you didn't see it, he was fighting Sheamus for the US Championship, which makes sense. Went to do a sunset flip over the ropes. And just, oh my gosh, Sheamus, who is not a small man, let's face it, just fell right onto his leg just crushed it and at first I thought he'd broken his leg because he just couldn't move and he was looking um he was looking just in complete fear that's the thing there's a difference between being in pain and then there's fear pain right and he was absolutely in fear pain and I was like oh gosh he's gonna need surgery that sucks he's only just come back apparently he's fine which is awesome so I guess we'll redo this match next week Although I don't think that he was going to win. It would seem crazy to me to give Sheamus the uh, the US Championship for only three, four weeks, whatever the hell it's been. Which kind of begs the question what we're going to do with that as well. And also, where the hell was uh, Mansoor this week? So Mansoor signed his contract, turned up, lost via disqualification, and then he didn't come back. That's the story of Mansoor. Whether you like him or not, <laughs> that is what Mansoor, within the world of kayfabe, chose to do in May 2021. What a sore loser. I shouldn't say that. It's not his fault. He can't do it. Uh, Oscar versus Rhea. I thought it was good. A lot of people were ragging on that too. It was a watchable pro wrestling match. Not their best. And at least it ended with somewhat of a clean finish. A weird clean finish. Well, that it wasn't clean at all because there was a distraction. But Charlotte distracts Rhea. And then Oscar throws her in the ring. Tries to beat a fails. Rhea just hit the riptide and won. I was like, okay. 
for me, that one, I just want to get through Sunday. I still want Rhea Ripley to be the champion and then we move into, into something else. I think Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair should probably be the champions for the Raw and SmackDown brands for the rest of the year. They should probably have them until WrestleMania. Because if you give them that long of a run, much like we did with Drew McIntyre, that's just how the fans are going to see them. And then no matter what stupid angles they get put in, they won't you know, fall from that pedestal, which is what I don't want because they're both great. And talking to SmackDown, I'm ragging on Raw. Raw's just in a little bit of a difficult place right now. And before I do do that, actually, you know, I, I did... Bobby Lashley versus Drew McIntyre I thought was great. I'm just so tired of DQs, distractions, surprise roll-ups because it's got to the point now where I never expect to actually see a winner or loser. So I'm enjoying Drew McIntyre versus Bobby Lashley, but I can feel deep down in my groin, that's where I feel things, that it's just like, well, I'm not invested totally because I know Braun Strowman's going to come out. And it works here, of course it does, in terms of the story that we were telling, but we do it in all matches. So it doesn't matter that it worked in the fact that the story we're telling now, because we did it in the other stories for the last six years, or more than that, 20 years, where it didn't work. So it just becomes a, well, it becomes a trope and it becomes a crutch that we're relying on that we're relying on well too much. But Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre do have good matches. They just kick the absolute hell out of each other. And the fact that this week's episode of Raw ended with Braun Strowman standing tall after whooping everybody's ass and saying <laughs> to MVP, I can't make jokes anymore. So if you watch the end of Raw, it sounds like Braun Strowman says, MVP, I'm going to go F your boy, right? And he says bust, but it sounds like the F word. And maybe it was the F word, I don't know. But you make a joke about it, and then you just get inundated with, he didn't say the F word, who cares? I don't care if he said it or not. He's a grown man. He can control his own voice, but we can't have fun with wrestling anymore. Uh, I do, but yeah, the, the, I do think that the triple threat match will be decent. I just, I, and I could be wrong, I just, it just feels so telegraphed to me based on everything that we're doing week in, week out. So, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, smash some comments quickly. That says, Cesar25 says, Shelton won with his T-bone. He has not used that in a thousand years. This is also very, very true. It was a bit. But look, I don't mind moves winning matches out of nowhere. You know, the two things that, well, there's lots of things, but two things in terms of maneuvers that we need to get away from is that finishes need to be finishes, but also that random moves should be able to win. Cedric Alexander was being cocky, got caught with a move that Shelton Benjamin has used in the past, probably should have been put over by the commentators. One, two, three. Give me more of it. Let me see somebody win with a tornado DDT. I would go crazy. I don't know why that popped in my brain as well, probably because I said commentators. I don't think Seamus came up with that line about Adnan Vink. You know, the, the new lead guy, I, I, I worry about that, man. I don't think he's going to give in a chance. I think he's been sent out to slaughter ever. And also, somebody has definitely told him just to go, whoa, whoa, <laughs> to every single move. Like Vince McMahon from the mid-90s. And Michael Cole now. WWE commentary. Um, TPLN says, SmackDown, at least there is some creative control with some of the wrestlers. Uh, Bucks the Nerd says, happy to see a stream. Thanks, Bucks, and I appreciate it. And yeah, Dark Superman says, I miss special unique moves for guys. You need two to three moves per person that are unique, aka the rope DDT from Randy, Whisper in the Wind by Hardy. I agree with you, but I think they should win matches every now and then as well. I think that's important. I just think it makes it exciting, and you never know what's going to happen, which would then also sort of get past the whole disqualification distraction thing. But yeah, going back to SmackDown just quickly, it's just awesome. I think that and AEW are consistently fantastic wrestling shows. I think Roman Reigns does kind of control the whole thing, but that's because, once again, his character, you just know what his character would do, so you expect him to do it. Jimmy Uso coming back and telling that story. Everything with Cesaro is exciting because he's going to be in the main event fighting for the Universal title. Probably he's not going to win, but I hope they give him time and allow to show what he's going to do. You know, you've got Big E, Apollo Crews, the tag team scene over there with the Mysterios. Admittedly, a little bit WrestleMania backlashy, but... 
it's something that I can invest in. Do I want to see Rey Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio become the first ever father and son tag team champions? You bet your ass I do. And if they don't do it, well, that's going to feel terrible. So that works as well. So I love all of that. Sure, it'd be nicer if Bailey versus Bianca Blair had been given a little bit more of a build, but that kind of ties into WrestleMania itself. We should have put Bailey on the show in a high-profile match. She should have won and made it clear. Now I'm going back after my title. I was the longest SmackDown Women's Champion ever, and you know I think it's a bunch of BS, especially after Sasha Banks had just stormed off to do uh, the outside project she's got going on. But it's just so easy. Two hours is the perfect time for a wrestling show, which always means Raw is going to struggle a little bit. I just can't imagine. You've got 180 minutes of TV, adverts as well, of course. But then to have two vignettes for Eva Marie, I don't mind Eva Marie coming back at all. I would never begrudge someone having a job. We don't know what she... You can't judge her based on what she did a few years ago because that was a few years ago. She could come in and, and absolutely smash it, but you don't need two vignettes. When again, you're not featuring on SmackDown you know, too. I know it's a different show, but you could... You know, how many times have they just traded someone? But, you know, where's uh, Buddy Murphy? Where's Ricochet? Where's Mustafa Ali? Where's Mia Yim? You know, there's all these people that would absolutely smash it in a spot. And I want Eva Marie to have one of them, but she just doesn't need to. And in fact, I would say it does work better on SmackDown than Raw. It's got to be a length thing. But the way sometimes we structure the shows where you will see Braun Strowman 100 times and Drew McIntyre 100 times and Bobby Lashley 100 times. I mean, I'm being a hypocrite because we do that on SmackDown with Roman and his crew, and I think it works. But maybe he's just a better defined character. And I'm really excited for Drew McIntyre, stupid brain, for Cesaro versus Roman Reigns on Sunday. Because, again, with the right amount of time and the leeway to kind of do what you want, which I'm sure Roman Reigns may have the backstage swing to get signed off, I think it will be tremendous. And we'll see what Jimmy Uso does. Again, it was such an easy story. He gets back into that ring to help Jey Uso, but is he also being convinced by Roman Reigns being a crazy mother Hubbard? Maybe he has. I have absolutely, I have absolutely no idea, but... I thought it was really, really good. It's so easy to watch. It makes me happy. It's fun. The women's tag team problem is apparent over there as well, but that's because WWE are just obsessed with tying the women's tag team <laughs> championships into every single women's angle there is. It has to be involved. Has to be involved at all times. I can't remember when Sasha Banks and Bailey won it now. It must have been a year ago. So we've essentially been doing that idea for, for 12 months. And we just keep going around with Mandy Rose, Dana Brooke, Lana, Naomi. Dana Brooke, Mandy Rose, Lana, Naomi. Even though they lose all the time. And sometimes we pretend that they have fallen out with each other, Nia Jax and Shayna. And other times that we don't. And sometimes Reginald is there. Sometimes not Reginald is there. And then on, um, on SmackDown, it's just Carmella versus Ruby Wright. Which I thought was fine, actually. I thought it was a decent match. But it's just, it's also random. And, it, and it's also crazy. But that, that, didn't, that didn't bother me at all, the Carmella match. I thought it was, I thought it was fun. And yeah, SmackDown to me is a premier wrestling show. I know some people, some people don't seem to be into, there's, some, there's basically an idea that, I think some people just are never going to get over the Roman Reigns hate, right? They wanted him to turn heel, he turns heel, they still don't like him. Eventually you've got to look in the mirror and go, well, maybe it's me. You know, maybe it's, maybe I've just painted this guy with a, with a poor brush. I think he's brilliant. I think he's fantastic. I think this is what we should have done after he beat The Undertaker at 33, was it, WrestleMania? I believe so. And he got into that ring and everybody went nuts at him. I think if we had done an angle like this, it really could have... Well, it's good now. I think then it would have been great, obviously, because the situations are so different. But hey, there's no point crying over spilt milk, and we did it.
the great Westerner says, where have Edge and Sasha Banks disappeared off to? Well, Edge got murdered at WrestleMania and Sasha Banks stormed off on SmackDown. But you are right. It would be nice if absent characters just had a wink and a nudge every now and then. Even if it's just Michael Cole or Adnan Vink going, hey, do you remember this? He did that. You could even just go, I wonder where they went. It takes 30 seconds. It's why when AJ Styles and Omos were on TV and then they just reappeared, it, you, you can fill in the blanks using your commentary team just in a line. If you've got New Day versus Jackson Riker and Elias, you can just go, Omos and blah, blah, and AJ Styles are doing this. I really like Omos too. I know that he's massive, and that's his whole shtick, and now he's crushing tomatoes. There's just something about him I find very entertaining, and I think we need to turn AJ Styles and Omos babyface <laughs> yesterday because I don't know what it is, and I hope they have a lengthy title reign. Still don't really know who their feud is with. It can't be with the New Day now. I mean, we've got to be building to RK bro, hence why Omos and Randy did that stare down on Raw, which never went anywhere, which was also strange. Oh, we didn't talk about Damian Priest. <sighs> Damian Priest versus John Morrison was a good match. But again, it ties into this whole thing that we've been talking about today. It's, it's so weird to go through a WrestleMania match with Bad Bunny, who's a celebrity, and you want to kind of use that star power to push somebody to the next level. And instead, he's still fighting The Miz. That doesn't really add up to me. I do enjoy, I, I like the fact we are now teasing that John Morrison and The Miz are going to break up. I think that act has done everything that they can. I think John Morrison deserves a run towards the upper part of the card to see what he can do. And I bet he absolutely smashes it. They have just fallen into the same problem as, oh, we've already seen 800 distractions, even though it'd be good to have a distraction here. We've seen so many breakups. Another one seems, you know, almost uncreative at this point. But yeah, Damien Priest versus The Miz at WrestleMania Backlash doesn't do anything for me because I kind of feel like he's already defeated him. So I have this worry that maybe Damian Priest will lose, and we shouldn't be doing that, because he should be on an, an upward trajectory as well. And if he does win, he hasn't really taken any steps on that upward trajectory, because he'd already been victorious over these two guys. Although this time, he's not doing it like a celebrity that brought loads of eyes to the product, as did WrestleMania, who had a bunch of fans. So it's kind of skewed. It's kind of skewed in that sense. But look, Raw's doing decent at the moment, you know, ratings-wise. So is AEW, so is SmackDown. A lot of people like to crap on wrestling at the moment. But like, oh, it's rubbish, it's the worst it's ever been. And it's not. They're making a bunch of money because TV, while down in terms of viewership, and it is down, let's not pretend otherwise, but they are making a bunch of money, which as a business really is all they're going to care about. But also, I think last week, every single show was the number one in their demo on the night. So Raw was number one in the demo on Monday. AEW was number one in the demo on Wednesday. And SmackDown was number one in the demo on, on Friday. I could be wrong. Please do correct me if I've got that wrong. But that's success as far as I'm concerned. And also, I mean, I want all wrestling companies to do well. I don't see the point in wanting them to die. In fact, I think you're kind of crazy. I want them to be a massive success. But I also don't need to worry about the numbers that they are bringing in. I just need to worry about was it an entertaining show or was it an entertaining show? And ideally, I'd like to be entertained by it and then go, oh, wow, millions of people were also entertained by this. But a lot of people, in terms of when they sit down to watch wrestling on specific nights, are choosing professional wrestling. It's just in much smaller quantities than it used to be. And no, do I ever think it's going to go back to the Attitude Era? It's very doubtful. I mean, not only do we need a super duper megastar like we have with Stone Cold Steve Austin, but you need two because you'd need another rock. I don't even know if it's possible to create them. Sometimes I think they were created in a lab. Uh, Scotch is Jake. The high guy says Mirza Morrison feels a wee bit late. <laughs> 2000 DX to me. And Suit Renji says he's probably still steaming from paying for Punk's second entrance theme. And that dude left six months later. I don't know what that, I, I've missed. I've missed one of your comments. 
I, I, I don't know what that means. <laughs> we'll never, ever know. There's also a really cool story going around. I think Randy Orton appeared on Kurt Angle's podcast, and he was talking about the first time he met Riddle, because, of course, he's now a tag team with him. And apparently, the first time he met him, he went to introduce himself, and Matt Riddle was high as a kite and didn't say anything, because that's Matt Riddle. And obviously, Randy Orton, being third-generation superstar, kind of an old-school wrestler at this point in terms of who's in the locker room, was just massively disrespected by this and hated him. But much like most people, even when you're watching on the TV, has now been won over by him. So it's a very... I don't think the character we see on TV is too far removed for what Riddle is like. Probably a little bit goofier. But that's kind of how I feel about Riddle. I know it's dumb. And then I laugh. Like when Randy RKO'd the New Day and Riddle was just like, man, how are we ever going to make friends? He may as well have been an eight-year-old wanting to go to a slumber party. I thought it was absolutely um, absolutely tremendous. And yeah, Suit Renji just told me that uh, yeah, I missed, uh, I missed another comment. That's all right. We'll, do, we'll never know. We'll never know what you were, uh, what you were trying to get at. Apparently, TPLN said something. Uh, you, so, are oh, you talking about when wrestlers leave to get... Uh, basically, when wrestlers use WWE as a platform to go elsewhere, and they would have paid. Well, the thing with Punk was, that was a necessary evil from a WWE point of view, because if they didn't give in to Punk's demands, he was going to go anyway. So, you may as well have given him what he wanted. He was the hottest star in the business. But yeah, I mean, there is a certain truth to that. And it probably started... I don't necessarily think it started with the Ultimate Warrior because the Ultimate Warrior, they fell out due to demands. And Hulk Hogan, Vincent Man thought was past his prime, so he let him go. So you fast forward a few more years, and it is kind of, I would say, The Rock's the first guy to do it, right? Uses that WW platform to become a Hollywood superstar. Must make you a little bit self-conscious, admittedly. But I think Brock Lesnar was the other one. Like, you know, use all the rock star power to turn Brock Lesnar into a star. And then two years later, or whatever it was, he's gone. I think that's the one where all of a sudden it was like, man, we've got to start. And it kind of was the same too, because that was 2004. And that's almost when we started making WWE the star. You know, let's make the brand the star, make the initials the star. We'll put that on the marquee. And then we'll have a bunch of these cool wrestler guys. So I think that's when all that kind of started, which is a shame. But other people have still done it. Like Batista has done it, right? John Cena has done it. John Cena is a special case because he gave 20 years or whatever the hell it was to WWE. At some point, you just run out of... I mean, he didn't run out of steam, but at some point, you have to realize you've got to go and do something else. You know, that's just life. So, yeah, I do think that was a detrimental effect. But I don't think it comes to the fact, I mean, A, WWE's got a ton of money, so they can go license music no matter how much it costs. B, there'll be tax write-offs when you do do that. But I think it's more that, you know... Turn Stone Cold Steve Austin heel. The Rock goes off to make movies. You've lost your two cash cows, essentially. So what the hell do we do now? And the answer was, we'll make another star in Brock Lesnar. And then he left too. You know, and we had John Cena and Batista and they held up the ship. But John Cena would go on to become that megastar and Batista to a lesser extent. But I think by that point, Vince McMahon was still like, we can't, you know, we, we can't let this happen again, which is crazy. It's much better to let everybody run wild and lose a couple and let them grow as opposed to keep everybody down and sort of hit this mid-range and don't go above there. Dave Batista's new movie is out soon. Is it Army of the Dead? The Zack Schneider movie? I'm going to watch the hell out of that. I find Dave Batista such a fascinating actor. And he just got cast in Knives Out 2 with Daniel Craig. I love Knives Out 1, not the name of the movie. So I'm excited about that too. So there's my Batista update for you. I don't think there's any other news. <laughs> if there is, you let me know in the comments and we'll talk about it. But I did ask for questions on my Twitter, which is Simon316. Please do come and give me a follow. And if they will load, we will answer some. They have loaded. Excellent. And we start with... Actually, while I am here in the middle as well, yeah, shout out to patrons again, patreon.com for the summer 316. If you are on Twitch right now, twitch.tv for the summer 316, please do hit that follow button. And head over to YouTube, search for Simon Miller, and hit that subscribe button. 
And that's it. Instagram and Twitter at Simon316. Sims Gaming Time says, Who do you think is next in line to challenge Bobby Lashley for the title? Or do you think they will prolong the Drew Lashley feud all the way to SummerSlam? Well, I hope not. I think it all depends on what happens at Money in the Bank. I do think we're going to do Drew versus Bobby Lashley at Money in the Bank. I think then we decide what direction we're going in. Because if Drew wins, you could probably do Bobby Lashley again at SummerSlam. That would be true. I would rather Bobby wins and then... I mean, what do you do at SummerSlam, though? Who does Bobby Lashley go against? I Honestly, people are going to freak out with this. Now, I've just thought about it now. I can see a scenario, and if I'm right, I expect kudos down the line. <laughs> I can see a world where Bobby Lashley wins at Money in the Bank. You know, done. Drew McIntyre's in his rearview mirror. And that's when Bray Wyatt comes back. And we do The Fiend, unless he's going to change his character, which he could do. But we do The, uh, the Fiend versus Bobby Lashley, which is a crazy match. Some people say they think Brock Lesnar will be back for SummerSlam. I think he'll be back for next year's WrestleMania. I don't think he's going to sign for anybody else. Although saying that, if it is the first match back with fans and it's in Madison Square Garden, there is an outside chance. And if you want to do Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar and you want to have Bobby Lashley win, I'm all right with it. And do you know what else? I'm actually right if Brock Lesnar wins and Drew McIntyre gets the title back from him in front of fans, which is how it should have gone down anyway. Debate that amongst yourselves. Zook says, what would WWE look like today if they gave Cena the proper heel turn in his prime they gave Roman? Um, I don't know. I don't know because the thing is, John Cena sold so many tickets to sort of family and kids and so much merchandise that the major people that wanted him to turn heel were people like you and I, nerds, right? And we were going to watch regardless. That's not to say that something couldn't have sparked and he couldn't have more pulled more people in. But I would guess, actually, from a business standpoint, keeping him a good guy probably served the WWE better. That's just my gut feeling. But I don't know. I would have loved to see a John Cena heel turn because I think he would have done an awesome job with it. But uh, yeah, I just realized, too, if you are live on Twitch.tv for the summer 316, you can throw your questions in the chat as well and we'll get to, uh, we'll get to them as well. Uh, expect nothing very positive name there says how would you go about changing the women's tag division in wwe would you get actual tag teams or keep pairing singles competitors now i just book it like any good division right you have Shayna baser and i jackson a feud with naomi and lana should you so wish they go through their program and throughout all that you've been building other teams that, that can then fit in right and they have plenty of teams they can do it with but this isn't a women's tag team issue this is a wwe tag team issue like um t-bar dominic dijakovic made a really good point on twitter the other day he said oh wwe doesn't have a tag team division and they listed a bunch of good tag teams the problem is they don't get used like where were t-bar and mace where have the viking raiders gone why do we break up shelton benjamin and cedric alexander because they're not going to do a long program with them as much as i do hope that they do and i think that's the issue that's the real that's the real problem is that you can have amazing i try, can't think of an analogy but you know you can have this amazing talent but if you're not doing anything with it does it even mean anything does it even exist i mean yes it does that was a bit that was a bit too much chico says do you think having so many commercial breaks makes a show very hard to watch especially a three-hour lackluster raw keep up the awesome work thanks man i can't i'll never get mad at commercial breaks i mean do i like commercial breaks no but do i like commercial breaks in anything i watch no but it's a necessary evil that's where they make their money that's how they're propping up the entire company in many ways like, I, you know, I agreed with all the criticism about AEW last week being loads of breaks, but you have to have breaks. That's not exclusive to them. If it came out that they had doubled their breaks on their, on their own behalf, their choice, then maybe you can go, well, that seems a bit weird. But I don't, 
I don't mind adverts. I just take them for what they are. It's across all television, and you've got to make cash. You're a business. Otherwise, there's no wrestling for anyone. Uh, Oregano says, hey, Simon. Been a long time since I checked the podcast because the studies have been killing me. Well, I hope studies are going well. Just wanted to ask about your thoughts on the current Jimmy Uso and Roman Reigns storyline. Do you think we will get a match between the two at the next pay-per-view? Uh, I mean, maybe you could do it. I mean, I certainly would do it. We are getting to the point where you can probably take Jay Oso out of that group and he's done as much as he can do. And also that helps as well because Roman Reigns matches won't just end with Jay Uso getting involved. They can go back into the tag team division. We've just talked about that. And I would love to see Jimmy Uso versus Roman given what they did on SmackDown. So could you do it at Money in the Bank? Which is, it's a big pay-per-view, but it's not a super duper big pay-per-view. I think you absolutely could. So I think we should. Good shout. David says, how many belts is too many belts on a show? I think a world title, secondary tag, women's and women's tag is all that's needed. But I can see with some feds the need for a trios and a TV. Again, it all depends on the product. It all depends on your roster. It all depends on how you're structuring shows. You can have too many titles because it will water it down. I mean, honestly, sometimes I think I would just have, let's take WWE just because they split the two shows. I would have one world champion. So, you know, say it's Drew McIntyre. He can go across both shows as we used to do. I'd have one secondary champion. So you get rid of the ICO US title. I mean, I get rid of US, but that's only because I was a WWF fan growing up. And then you do the same for the women. So you have, I'd have a women's title and I have a women's secondary title. I think that's nuts. And then you have two tag titles. Even that, actually, no, you have one tag title, sorry. You have one, one tag title. And you have, um, you only have one women's main and one women's secondary. So what's that? So you've got one men's main, one men's second, one women's, one second, and then two tag teams. That's six. But it's okay because it's only three apiece depending on yeah, the, 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 uh, the gender divide. Will they do that? No, probably not. I can't see it. But I think it would make for more interesting feuds. I think it would make the titles feel more important. But again, you know, if AEW wants to introduce a trios title, well, I love it. Absolutely. Their TV title has been great. Can't wait for Miro versus Darby Allen tomorrow night. I want Miro to win. That's right. I'm that guy. But I think Darby Allen has established himself. I don't think it hurts him. I think it actually benefits Miro more because he can tie into this monster character he's been portraying. They've been smashing it on social media. And I'm biased towards Miro. We know this. Uh, Tattoo Rob says, what does it say about WWE that both WrestleMania main events this year were SmackDown matches? Have they just kind of given up on Raw being any kind of good? Well, no, they went with what made sense and you should always do that. Like I do think SmackDown's a better show than Raw, but I don't think they're retroactively going, oh, we should do that. I don't think that's happening at all. Uh, Horatio says, Simon, do you think we'll see a Hardy Bros versus Young Bucks match in AEW at some point? I mean, if Jeff Hardy's contract is up, I could see him jumping across. Yes, probably. Is it going to be for a few years? Probably not. So it depends how, you know, what Jeff and Matt's health is like at the time. I'm going to say yes. Austin says, not wrestling related, but how are you today, man? Well, you know, I'm a bit under the weather for things that we've talked about before, but otherwise I am fine. Thank you for asking. Air in my lungs says, hey, Simon, thanks so much for reading my question last week. Well, look at that. You got two because I didn't remember I did ask your question, which makes me a bit of an asshole. This week, I got to ask, do you think Scorpio Sky will cost SCU the tag team titles tomorrow in Dynamite and align himself with Ethan Page with the Super Elite? I love half of that. I would love it if those guys cost them the match. Yes, because then you can also tell a story. I don't think we should be going back on stipulations, so I do think we should split them up. But maybe you can have this kind of real awful moment where they want to carry on but they realize they can't i don't think they should align themselves with the super elite though no i think they're doing a fine job by themselves i don't think we want to overload any group like we did with the nwo so yes i, I like that idea though you know really because that's i mean i you know shenanigans 
can go too far as we have established but because it gives them so much of a reason to be hated that's where i see the worth in it so fingers crossed greg says if bobby lashley and roman reigns hold on to their respective titles until survivor series who should win that match well i mean i'm hoping we don't do all the raw versus smackdown stuff because i think it's been running to the ground but roman reigns would win that match like as great as bobby lashley is roman reigns is still wwe's guy i mean that's 100 percent true and i'm sure they'll try and turn him babyface as soon as <laughs> as soon as they can uh ted C's, c says what do you think is next for the pinnacle same as we said last week i think that we you know we literally just uh, feud them off against each other so we do uh uh, was it, it's MJF versus Chris Jericho. It's FTR versus Santana Ortiz. It's Sammy Guevara versus Sean Spears. It's Jake Hagar versus Wardlow. You know, I don't think we need to, we, we don't, need, don't need to muck around with it. Just keep it as absolutely simple as you possibly can. Uh, I've lost my next question now because I was trying to sort something out. Armando says, do you think that Tessa Blanchard could beat Brock Lesnar in a match? I've never even thought about it. I mean, what, in a wrestling match? So it depends on what the booker wants. So yes, I do think that because it would depend on them. Claire says, the UK is ahead of us, Ireland, with vaccines reopening, so you'll probably have live wrestling first too. Anyone on the British and Irish scene you'd love a match with? Oh man, I mean so many people. To the point I won't start naming them because I'll forget. The only person I will name is my man David Francesco, who I am going to get on the podcast soon. Go and check him out on Twitch as well if you haven't. Just search for him. Um, because, I mean, he trained me years ago. Uh, we've always had teas we've had some teasers on certain shows but we never got around to to doing it so that would be pretty cool for me although man when i get back to resting there is a long path to go that's gonna be damn hard canon says what do you think about stone cold and the rock coming out of wrestlemania 38 to announce the attendance for the show just before the main event which has roman reigns who comes out and has a stare down with the rock setting up their inevitable clash uh, i mean you could do that i don't think if, if The Rock's not going to compete at WrestleMania 38, I would, and he is going to compete at WrestleMania 39, I would hold off. I think you get more mileage out of that on television, especially because we've done it before. That is kind of my fantasy booking in my head. You know, Roman Reigns versus The Rock at WrestleMania 39. So Roman holds onto the belt for two years over at the time, which would be ridiculous. And then I mean this, this is probably just me getting into stupid territory. I think The Rock wins. I think The Rock wins. I think The Rock then announces his retirement, seriously, and then he goes in the Hall of Fame. And he's probably going to have a movie coming out at the same time. <laughs> That's what I think. Oh, I'm going to be so wrong. Uh, where am I going next? Spaz Phoenix, make sure you check out him on YouTube too, says, think we will get Willow versus Demon versus Fiend in WWE. Cheers. No, never. Never. They're, they're never going to do Willow with Jeff Hardy. I think we've established that from his recent things. I don't think Finn Balor wants to go back to the Demon. I think he's having a great time in NXT. And as for The Fiend, I don't know what we're going to do with The Fiend. I really, really don't. like. I see a lot of mixed opinions. Some people still think we can do something with him. Some people think that we're done with him. I kind of feel like it's past its best. Not his fault, just the way he's been booked and the matches he's been in. But uh, yeah, we will. We'll have to wait and see. I don't think we'll ever get that match, though. I'll be flabbergasted if we got that match ashley says all the positivity surrounding impact wrestling not to mention the added exposure with each passing week could we see the return of ultimate x always one of my favorite matches thanks simon for all that you do thanks man yeah i can't remember the last time we saw an ultimate x but they should do that their x division right now is great like ace austin and um tjp uh yeah tjp and josh alexander and chris bay i mean he's kind of flitting between divisions at the moment but it's really really good and the x division match has always been 
well, it's just been top draw. I know there's a few times when it, you know, we got a little bit into to muddy waters. So yeah, I'd love to see it come back. And Impact is a really good show. My favorite thing about Impact is obviously we started doing the ups and downs six months ago, whenever it was. And I always kept an eye on Impact because I thought it was important. But I wasn't watching it as, stre- as strenuously as I do now. And it's, uh, yeah, like it's just... It's just a good show. I mean, why say anything else? It's just a good show. And Dan Brotherton says, I've always thought the women needed a mid-card title on NXT and AEW. You could even just call them the NXT Women's North American Champ and Women's TNT Champ. What do you think? I mean, yes, I think at some point you absolutely should introduce secondary uh, titles for the women for the same reason that you should do it for the guys because it just makes all the sense in the world. Will we ever do it? No. Can I even think of a promotion that has done it that has sort of men and women in it. I don't think I can, which means I'll be wrong and I've forgotten. But it's about time, right? We've got rumbles, we've got money in the banks, and there should be something that they can uh, they can go after. Uh, go to the... Uh, well, Calf Kid just says, oh, Cali Kid says, how do you put Roman to lose the title? I mean, I would do that thing with The Rock. I don't know whether that's good or bad. That's what I think they are going to do. I mean, I think probably what I would like them to do is pick someone like a Ricochet to beat him, but that's not happening in a million years. So there's no point worrying about it. Um, where am I going? I've missed some. Da, da, da. Uh, Cesar says, how many tag teams are left in WWE that were not randomly made? It's true. There's no such thing as like a proper tag team anymore. It is always people just being chucked together at the last minute. And that's something I miss as well. Like, I really do miss that. I used to love proper tag teams like Legion of Doom, Demolition, The Heart Foundation. Uh, I mean, there'll be loads more that I'm not thinking of right now. And it'd be really cool to get back to that when someone is in a team. That's why I like the New Day so much. I really, really do. Like, Big E is smashing it, of course. But Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods, they're a team. And they're always going to be a team, even if they go off on singles uh, singles runs. And we need more people like that. And I love the fact they dug their heels in and didn't let anybody break them up. Because it's refreshing and it's different. And that's kind of what I want from all wrestling right now, which is why in terms of AEW, if we get to double or nothing, we do Orange Cassidy versus Kenny Omega. Sign me up for that madness. Because that's ridiculous. We never thought we were going to see that for the world title. And of course, it's um, uh, it, it, it's wound people up the, the the wrong way. Because some people don't like that character. But you're not meant to... I said this on Ups and Downs today, and I always say this. You're not... You're not meant to like everything. So if you watch Raw, three hours. You watch AEW, two hours. That's five. You watch NXT, that's seven. And you watch SmackDown, that's nine. Right? Nine hours of wrestling right there. And that's before we get into Impact, Ring of Honor, and everything else. MLW. There's no way you're going to enjoy nine hours of wrestling, which means every now and then you just got to take an L for the team and be like, well, the Orange Cassidy fans are going to absolutely love this. Plus, it's new, it's different, it's fresh. I will then wait for my turn to come around again. And that's the coolest thing about wrestling. It's while I never crap over it too much because there's probably going to be someone out there that's having the time of their life. And I think it's important that they have the time of your life. If you watch wrestling and you're entertained, you have won. And everyone that wasn't as entertained... <laughs> They have absolutely lost. So yeah, never never forget that. Um, and we should probably go through WrestleMania backlash as well. Oh man, this is going to make a noise my phone because I've clicked the wrong thing. There we go. I've stopped it. But what is happening at WrestleMania backlash? We'll do that and then we'll bring this bad boy to a close. Remember that it's on all podcast apps as well. So you can download it if you're just well into listening to me and not seeing my stupid face. So triple threat match for the WWE title. Bobby Lashley, Drew McIntyre, and Braun Strowman. Money's on Braun Strowman. And make sure you throw your predictions in the comments as well as we go. And if you are picking someone that is not the expected choice, you've got to give me a reason. This is like a math test. You can't just say seven. You've got to tell me how you got to seven. But I'm going Bobby Lashley. Same with Bianca Belair versus Bailey. It's got to be Bianca Belair, 100% that you don't give her the title of WrestleMania and then take it off of her. It does nothing for her. It would be great for Bailey, but she doesn't need it right now either. 
It's the same with Rhea Ripley versus Oscar versus Charlotte Flair. The difference with this one is who's taking the pin. Now, money's got to be on Oscar taking it, which sucks. Uh, but you need to keep the belt on Rhea. I do think there's an outside chance that Charlotte Flair wins it. And if that does happen, I'm going to barricade myself in the house because those crazy fans are going to go absolutely nuts. But I'm going to go with Rhea Ripley again. To me, they don't lose the belts to WrestleMania 38. That would be my choice. I'm not in charge. The Day Dogs versus Rey Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio. Now, given that we do have five title matches on this show, if not more coming down the line, I think this is where the title change happens. I do really like the Dirty Dogs. I think Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode are doing a good job. But I love the story of father and son winning the tag team championships. We could have, we should have done it at WrestleMania with hindsight, but we're past that now. I think you sell it right. I think you come up with an awesome story for them. I think you come up with a bunch of feuds where they're almost going to get beat and they win. You come up with another awesome match for SummerSlam and you really turn them into kind of one of the teams we were just talking about. Because when do you ever get this opportunity? Rey Mysterio in his mid-40s is still one of the best wrestlers you're ever likely to see. I think Dominic Mysterio has all the momentum and all the uh, potential in the world. So that's something too. And this just feels like the right time to pull the trigger. So I'm going to be behind those two. Roman Reigns versus Cesaro. As much as I would love Cesaro to win, you don't want to take the belt off Roman Reigns now. I'm hoping that we do something with the Usos, which means I want to tune into SmackDown to see how the story's going to unravel. SmackDown's been great at that recently. And of course, we have Damian Priest versus The Miz in a Lumberjack match. Damian Priest has got to win. The good thing about a Lumberjack match is there can't be any shenanigans because there's obviously going to be shenanigans because shenanigans are built into a Lumberjack match because it's just full of shenanigans. So as long as Damian Priest gets a victory, what I would do is I'd have Damian Priest get the victory. He comes out to the side and he's the one that accepts Sheamus's challenge. And we build to that money in the bank. Or we don't do that and we have Damian Priest be our money in the bank winner. That's how much I like Damian Priest. And when you, I'm sure there's somebody else I've forgotten now. But Damian Priest or John Morrison, I would take that too. But I think Damian Priest being the money in the bank, maybe, you know what? Maybe he could even cash in at SummerSlam and you do Bobby Lashley versus Damian Priest. I would love that match because it's new and it's fresh and it's different. Just make me care with the stories that you tell. And it puts, uh, it puts Damian Priest on a massive pedestal, which is what we should be doing now because he's a brand new guy. And that's what brand new guys need. And we'll just go through some of the comments who are talking about backlash. <laughs> Suit Renji says, Simon, you know Charlotte is going to win. Search your heart. You know this to be true. I don't mind Charlotte winning in general. I just think Rhea should hold on to the title now for, for a while. Um, the Great Wrestler says, Edge is the first person to win the Rumble twice and lose both time at WrestleMania. Is that true? There you go. Some trivia for you today. Uh, old uh, Marco Shot says, Oscar pinned by Rhea. Charlotte Rhea feud later. I can absolutely see that. And Suet also says, Cesaro winning is the only way that WWE could have me have a mark out moment. And last chance, Chez says, it was announced earlier that NXT TakeOver in your house is returning June 13th. So there's some news as well. I mean, that makes sense. I think the one thing that NXT is probably going to have to do now is take a page out of NXT's AEW's model and have these TV shows that feel like mini pay-per-views because, you know, Blood and Gut smashed it. They'll have another one. Obviously, Double Nothing's a proper pay-per-view. It just works and it gets the audience in. And, you know, NXT is doing better on Tuesday nights, but I still think there's potential for them to get closer to a million. And a great way to do that is to have these focal points that sort of come and go that you can you know, use so your stories don't go on too long. And I don't get to watch, I always say this, I know it's boring. I don't get to watch NXT as much as I'd like because there just is no more time to fit more wrestling into my life. But I know that it's a good show because I read about it and I see the highlights. It just needs a little bit of a, it just needs a bit of buzz, right? It just needs a bit of buzz, which I'm sure, I'm sure will happen. And uh, the Great Western also says, I think Cesaro will win at Backlash, hold it for a month and then lose it at the next pay-per-view. 
I can't see it just because I think it kind of negates Roman Reigns' reign a little bit. Not massively, but if he holds it for two years, he's going to feel like an even bigger monster than he does now. Whereas if he loses it for four weeks... Although Stone Cold used to do that all the time, but it was a different era. I think he holds on to it. I'd be surprised otherwise. And TLL says, who takes the titles off the Young Bucks and why is it Mox and Eddie? Well, if we are going to do John Moxie and Eddie at double or nothing, I imagine that SCU lose on Wednesday and then we move to that. I don't know if the Young Bucks do lose the titles that early. I think, could you do it? Absolutely. No one's going to mind, you know, Eddie Kingston and John Moxie being the champions. But it just doesn't feel like the right time to do it. In fact, there's, apart from the TNT title, I don't know the women's title should change as well. I would change, you know, at, I would have Miro win it tomorrow and I'd have Sheeda lose to Britt Baker on double or nothing. I'd have Kenny retain and I would have the Young Bucks retain. I would. I don't think you want to chuck your belts around too much because as WCW once taught us, it, um, it doesn't work. And WWE, let's not face it. Let's face it. St. Clinton will finish us off today when he says, when the fans return to arenas, who do you think the casual fans will pop for that hardcore fans don't? I don't know if I can answer that question. I can tell you people that I think are going to get massive pops based on what they've done. I think Thunder Rosa will be over like crazy. I think Britt Baker will be over like crazy. Orange Cassidy, as always. I think Kenny Omega will find a way to elicit a heel reaction, which will be awesome. I always like it when a bad guy gets booed and a good guy gets cheered. I think Bobby Lashley may be more revered than we expect. I think the Hurt Business and MVP and his performances have put him in that bracket Otherwise, it seems like Roman Reigns is going to get his ass booed off as well, which is awesome. I think Sami Zayn will get cheered regardless. <laughs> I think everybody loves Sami Zayn because he's such a good dude and he's so good at what he does that no matter how, unless we want to join in with the act, I think people will go will go nuts for him. But no, I can't think of anyone that casual fans would love and hardcore fans would hate. If anything, we've just gone through a hardcore fan period. I totally understand why a casual fan wouldn't want to watch pandemic era wrestling. Not so much now, but in the early going. But if you checked out in the early going, you may not have dipped your toe back in yet. You may be waiting until you know you've got fans because as we know, fans are the, uh, are the lifeblood of pro wrestling and on that note on that positive note we shall wrap it up for today make sure you do sign up to the podcast feed because we will be doing another episode on tuesday thursday what is wrong with my brain today i'm tired we will be doing another episode on thursday and sometimes because thursdays is nuts are nuts i just put them up straight on the podcast feed and hopefully it makes it a little bit exclusive too but we will return here to twitch tv uh, twitch.tv forward slash simon miller 316 if you could subscribe to the podcast as well that would be great Still trying to fix all the problems with the subscription feed. I don't think I'm ever going to fix it, but I'll do what I can. Otherwise, thank you for joining me. I appreciate it. Make sure you hit that follow button. Make sure you check me out on all the stupid things that I do do. And if I can find the off button, I'll go off. But I can't find it, but I can. Take care, and I'll see you later.